Welcome to the Pinning Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs. Now, uh, we'll, uh, we'll move into uh, the high school uh, arena now. Uh, obviously, uh, a little something big happened uh, this last week. Uh, down in Des Moines, uh, the Iowa High School Athletic Association State Wrestling Championships were held. Um, first off, the, the duels uh, uh, were held Wednesday. Uh, and then the uh, traditional tournament uh, went Thursday through Saturday, obviously with the uh, uh, tremendous uh, uh, the finals, which always uh, that's the crown jewel of the season, obviously. But uh, speaking of the duels, um, not uh, not a lot of surprise uh, with how things kind of played out. Um, Maybe in the final results a little bit, uh, you know, you had champions, uh, Waverly Shellrock in 3A, West Delaware won its fourth uh, state dual title in a row, and then uh, uh, in 2A, and then Don Bosco in 1A. Um, you know, it, it just seemed like uh, like things kind of went to, to seed or went to plan a little bit for uh, – the dual teams. Right. There, I don't think there were any, maybe a fifth seed beating a four seed. I think that happened once or twice. And that's it on the front side. And then on the back side, you never know because, you know, they might be holding kids out or whatever. And I, and I did talk to, uh, yesterday I was roughing a middle school meet at Linmar and I talked to the to the coaching staff at Linmar and uh, quite a few of them out there. And by the way, congratulations to that coaching staff, state uh, coaches of the year, 3A coaches of the year, and they're very well deserving. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they said, they mentioned we could have done some, some shifting around, maybe move the Noctiborns up or whatever, and, but it would have created a tough, tough battle with those kids, and they didn't want to do that the day before the, the individual state tournament. So, um, you know, something might have changed there, and, you know, they, were, they understood that the situ- what the situation was and, and was looking out for the, the individual rather than the team. And uh, mm-hmm. so, so, you know, the, yeah, that they might, and that would have been maybe on that that third and fourth place uh, dual meet. And so, you know, who it may just, you know, I know it's it sounds bad, but between third and fourth, you're right there, and does it really matter when the individual is the next day, sort of thing? So, right. And with that being the last round of the the night, um, yeah, I mean that's it, I'm sure if it was, you know, the difference between a, a state title and and a runner-up finish, you, you might see those, but with it being, you know, you, you see it, uh, you see, you saw it kind of take its toll on some folks, uh, you know, by the time the, the traditional tournament came around, those three, uh, those three rounds on Wednesday uh, impacted a few wrestlers. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I, I think Doug Stryker has the, believe it's it's an individual sport first you know and he kind of leaves it up to the kids and, and what they want to do and uh you know like you said between third and fourth place not sure if it's the risk is worth the reward on uh on what can happen there versus and how it can impact the next three days so um right. and we've seen in the past wrestlers get injured and not be able to participate or, or at limited capacity uh, for the individual. And, and I'm sure they, 
if they could do it all over again, they wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have Russell maybe or whatever. So in those situations, but yeah. So yeah, not, not many surprises at all on the, on the uh, dual tournament. You know, the one, the one thing I thought was, was kind of interesting. Well, first, uh, well, Linmar credit to Linmar. Uh, they had their best state duel showing uh, since their first trip to the state duels back in 2002. Uh, they got third in that uh, 2002 uh, uh, season, and this year they got fourth. So their best finish in, in 20 years. So congrats to the Lions um, there. Uh, in class uh, 1A, you know, Don, Don Bosco just kind of rolled through Lisbon uh, uh, with, with two nice wins. Um, to get to the finals, um, they they gave a good effort there, but just Don Bosco too much um, this go around uh, for the Lions. But in two A, two A, as much as we thought West Delaware was a favorite, I tell you what, they got challenged each round. Um, they had to uh, to make some big comebacks in that first duel. We, you know. I knew Burlington Notre Dame was going to be a little bit tougher than the normal eight seed. And, you know, they gave uh, West Delaware all they wanted. They got some big uh, pins late uh, in the upper weights with uh, uh, some of their guys, Jaden Payton, who had been out for quite a while uh, with a knee injury, uh, Russell, the limited schedule. He had three big wins and of course a pin against the, uh, uh, Burlington Notre Dame that helped um, the Hawks kind of get by there. I think it ended up being 40-32 or something like that, um, which included a forfeit win for Wyatt Volker in the very last match. So, um, you know, but then against Sergeant Bluff Luton, Sergeant Bluff Luton had him on the ropes uh, with about five uh, weights to go, and the Hawks went uh, five straight pins to close that out. Uh, got pins from Kyle Cole, um, who uh, was a ranked wrestler to end the regular season and then didn't make it out of sectionals, but then made a big impact uh, down in Des Moines. Uh, Will Ward at 182 hit a big pin. Um, you know, in that duel against Sergeant Bluff Luton as well. So uh, they were challenged in those two little bit of an easier time against independence just because of where things fell and uh independence was uh, i believe ahead at the midway point but uh west delaware won like the last last seven matches uh to pull away in that one for a win here's an interesting uh stat that i pulled away from class 2a uh, we talk about how strong the WAMAC conference is, and obviously West Delaware has won four straight. But out of those four championships, they've beaten a fellow WAMAC conference uh, program in the final. Independence this year, uh, two years ago it was Williamsburg. And then uh, before that, to start this string of championships, they beat Solon in the final. So a very impressive uh from the Walmart. Right. That's, and that, I mean, it speaks well of, the, of those, those teams in that league for sure. Um, I, I think that if uh, West Delaware would have liked to have drawn away, it probably would have not been in that area because it kind of, 
it seemed like they got behind the eight ball, like you're saying, and then had to rally after that. So it, you know, it wasn't an ideal draw for them in that respect, but it made for exciting uh, meets to finish it up. So. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, there. Um, and then the traditional uh, tournament, you know, uh, kind of interesting. New. 1A was or 3A was going to be a toss up. Uh, expected Waverly Shellrock to be the favorite, but I tell you what, um, Southeast Polk really came through. Now, Waverly Shellrock had, um, well, let's see, uh, uh, some hiccups, I guess would be the nice way to, to kind of put it. Um, definitely didn't wrestle uh, at their best, but Southeast Polk wrestled really well. and Let's talk about Waukee Northwest. Yeah. You know, the the first year of the program, and I'd say it this way because Waukee, um, you know, the school district that split um, into Waukee and Waukee Northwest, they they had been pretty darn good here in recent years. So it's not like these guys are just moving fresh out of the gate, like say in Iowa City Liberty was a few years ago. Um, but uh, for them, to finish three points back in second place, have four champs. Uh, that was a pretty impressive uh, performance. Do you suppose last year at Waukee, they all got in a big huddle at the end of the year and said, all right, let's, we're all moving to. <laughs> <laughs> they might have. <laughs> I don't know how it felt, but it seems like, you know, it, the whole, you know, the whole team might have shifted up there to, to do, be able to do that on their very first year so. Anyway, uh, very impressive. And, uh, yeah, they, they had some guys wrestled. I mean, you know, you, you brought up Waverly Shellrock. Waverly Shellrock had their, their hammers did the job. And then the, – but they had the, those others that, that didn't quite maybe wrestle to the level or to the metal that they thought they might. So, um, you know, so that's, that's one thing there. But I think Waukee Northwest did have that happen maybe wrestle above. And so that, that's the difference right there. And, and you know, they, they, man, they made it close against Southeast Polk, a three point difference. So that was fun. Yeah. You know, uh, I asked you to kind of uh, try to come up with a, a team that uh, maybe it was a surprise team um, in three, a who did, who did you kind of have, what, what team kind of surprised you or impressed you? Um, if it's different than uh, one of the ones that we mentioned. Well, in 3A, it was Waukee Northwest that we just spoke of. That was mine. Um, I thought Iowa City West had a great state as well. Um, they just, we knew they had the, the hammers, but they, they really wrestled pretty well. And, and uh, you know, obviously the big disappointment in the finals, but, but uh, the, you know, to finish fourth, and, and I don't know that they were ranked that high, I think maybe more like seventh or eighth or somewhere in there. And uh, so both those teams to me, but Waukee Northwest, I mean, the first year of the program, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And to have four champs, you know, that was, that was impressive. Uh, you know, I know they lost by three and it was kind of out of, out of their hands, even by the time they had their last two finalists, but for them to, to pull up close, um, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Iowa City West was a big one for me. Um you kind of had that core group of guys there in the middle of the lineup going from Grant Odell at, at uh, 138 
all the way to Justin Avila at 170, who made the made the award stand, I believe got fourth. Um, and he did it at 170, weighing in at 153 on his on the last day of the, the tournament. Um I, I thought it was pretty impressive. You know, he had to go all the way up there to to actually find a spot because you had Odell at 38, you had his brother uh, Robert at uh, 45, and you had Garvin, who uh, finished off his three state titles at 52, and then Kyler Stranton, who made the the award stand uh, for the first time in, in his four appearances at state. So I thought they really came together pretty well, um, you know, and, and those guys um, – wrestled about as well as you, they could except for uh you know just kind of that disappointing uh finals uh at one for the finals match at the 145 where uh Ryder Downey became the second uh wrestler to deny uh uh somebody a fourth title in the finals and we'll touch on that here in a, in a second but uh uh Iowa City High also I thought wrestled pretty good with uh you know finishing ninth overall uh you had ben keeter who just was absolutely dominant i mean it's sounds like a broken record but it's a man amongst boys uh well when he's out there i, I mean that's just how dominant he is uh good tournaments from kale seaton and uh kale kurtz as well you know and and they're all back so uh i think between uh Waukee northwest iowa city west and uh City High, I think those were three uh, uh, not not necessarily surprise performances, but uh, uh, performances that I thought uh, uh, were impressive. Um, as far as individuals go, you know, I, I guess the first one to talk about uh, at 145, Ryder Downey from Indianola uh, played spoiler. Not only did he beat Joel Jezaroga. In the semifinals, even though it came out later that Jezaroga had pneumonia and ended up uh, kind of defaulting out, but he came from behind there. Uh, and then he turns around and beats Avila uh, just a second time, a four, somebody going for a fourth title loss in the finals. Of course, uh, that was uh, a couple of years ago where uh, Aiden Noonan of Cascade beat uh, Adam Allard. Um, one interesting tidbit that ties the two matches together. The referee for both of those matches were somebody going for a fourth title loss, Eric Ackerman. If you're a three-timer taking the mat on Saturday night and you see Eric Ackerman uh, on the mat, you might, you might want to be a little concerned, <laughs> but uh, you know, obviously one of, one of the top officials, they, they get matches, uh, assigned matches like that. So that's the coincidence. But um, but Ryder Downey, uh, what a performance from him. Um, he was down 5 nothing after getting placed on his back in the first period. Comes back, uh, gets uh, two tilts in the third period to force uh, overtime. Uh, and then uh, gets an escape and a ride out in tiebreakers to win three to, or six to five. Uh, just a, just a, an absolute great performance from 
from him to come away with a win in a bracket that was filled with uh, state champs. And he was kind of on the outside, maybe looking in as a, as a state finalist previously. Right. And so for my outstanding wrestler, the, the easy choice is Ben Peter who, who, and, and, and Hunter Garvin. I think those are the two easy choices, but, I, but they weren't my choice. So Keeter, who kind of cleared out the bracket just by being there, <laughs> guys, mm-hmm. guys going up and down to get away from him. Uh, and anyway, so my choice was Ryder Downing also. And, and I'm going to add one more match that you've already mentioned or that you have not mentioned that, that he had. He beat uh, Diaz from Waverly Shell Rock, who was four, ended up 40 and four in his quarterfinal match. Diaz ended up third in that bracket. So he, he beat a Waverly Shell Rock, a Southeast Polk, and an Iowa City West, you know, potential four timer in his in his quest to the, to that title. And so to me, that's it. I mean, like you said, it came from behind, and and uh, you know, there was a there was a point in that in that overtime match where it looked to me like it could have been, maybe could have been a locked hands that was not called. And so you know, that's that was just there. And I, I uh, um, so you know, some might say that, but but uh, it wasn't. He got the win and. And uh, boy, that Downey family, I remember his dad, Jared, was a, was a great wrestler as well. So they're, they battle. Yeah, I, I mean, kudos to him. He ran the gauntlet. I mean, those are, uh, I'm not sure how many state titles they're uh, all the guy. I think maybe six or seven between uh, uh, the three wrestlers he beat in the last three rounds um, to come on top of that 145-pound bracket was just loaded. Um, and to see, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, Dustin Boren of Bendorf, who was a returning state champ, get fifth. Yeah. Um, that tells you a little bit about how deep that bracket was. And, um, you know, Downey. Uh, yeah. And, and Diaz. Is, history. And Diaz is a freshman, right? So he's, he could add to that total as well. <laughs> so. Correct. Correct. Um, you know, uh, Iowa City West did come through the very next match. Hunter Garvin uh, with a fall, kind of a little, little unusual uh, uh, fall there at uh, at one fifty two. It was a tight match. It was like one one. Um, Garvin hit a double, put Carter Martinson of Southeast Polk on his back, and I, I don't think it was actually awarded a takedown, um, but uh, uh, Garvin ended up uh, kind of. After he drove through, caught Martinson on his back. Martinson uh, failed to bail um, out of the position, and and Garvin was able to hold him and get the and get the pin call. Uh, his third title in, in four uh, uh, finals appearances, capped his career with a 48-0 season. Um, just a just a heck of a way to end a, a, a stellar career. And he's he's been so dominant and so fun to watch this season and the last few. But but uh, that was a, a pretty unique, actually, a, a neutral fall, I guess. I don't know if you should have ordered it for, first, the takedown. I, I don't know that it was there. So, I mean, it was the right call. So, I guess a neutral fall, we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing about I'll, I'll say about Hunter Garvin before uh, we can kind of move on. I don't know if there's ever been a more mild-mannered uh, person off the mat, uh, somebody that 
I mean, he's he's so anchored in his faith and so uh, nice in his demeanor off the mat and be so dominant on um, in competition. And I know there there you know there are a lot of wrestlers that have that kind of duality, but I tell you what, I think uh, Hunter Garvin kind of takes a cake. I think uh, uh, Stanford's got a good one. Yeah, um, isn't that fun? To see that and rewarding you know, for us, it, it's just it, that's really cool. And and I I echo what you said. He's a great guy to cover and to watch and, and root for. And uh, uh, you know Tate Nakaborn, uh comes away with a second title. Um, you know he'd be a three timer if it wasn't for Ben Keeter. Um, you know the thing that impressed me probably the most about. Nakaborn and, and, and really probably doesn't surprise me at all um, just because he's been this way most of the year, if not all of it. Uh, the way he absolutely throttled his last two opponents. Yeah. Um, he, so, I, you know, I say this, and you know, it's, you know, this is like ideally, right? So it's supposed to be the two toughest matches of the year is state semifinals and state finals, technically, technically. Um, sometimes it doesn't turn out that way, um, even with the way the tournament's seated now. Uh, but Nakaborn outscored his final two opponents 20 to 5 and 17 to 1. So it was a combined 37 to 6. Um, and of course, uh, that 17 to one tech fall against the uh, Pleasant Valley's Caden McDermott. Um, he just, he said he wanted to put it on a show and he, he delivered. Yeah. And uh, again, another, another great guy. He and, and Tate were at the middle school meet that I was roughing last night, by the way, Linmar has over 70 middle school wrestlers. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then to see those, those, the, the varsity there, um, you know, and then uh, particularly the Nakamorns are easy to spot, but, uh, um, you know, cleaning up, helping roll up mats at the end and, and working and, you know, just doing that again, another, to, to me, great kid. I got to talk to both of them and, and uh, I challenged, uh, 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 mockingly challenged, uh, Kane to the, uh, to a, the match where hopefully he wouldn't pin me. <laughs> Since he's the, the the new pin leader at the Linmar, so yeah, uh, Tate actually, I said, so you're the fifteenth fifteenth uh, state champ in school history, and he goes, well, I think I'm the ninth. Last year they told me I was the ninth, and I and I go, then he said, must be fifteen total with with a four timer and three timer, and now two uh, two timer. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, nine wrestlers to combine for fifteen titles. There you go. Um, out there, and, and just the third one. To win multiple titles, uh, joining Jay Borschel, uh, who won four and three timer Matt McDonough. So, pretty, pretty good uh, company to to keep uh, joining those two. And he's not done. Um, Actually, Linmar only only graduates one senior, Luke Gaffney, I believe. Is so they're going to be a force next year. That's right. That's right. They've got uh, four of those five ranked wrestlers back. They have another medalist back in uh Malik DeBeau um at 106 who finished seventh uh Braden Park at 126 Kane Nakaborn at 32 Grant Crest 
at 45 were place winners as well. Um, and the thing, the thing that stands out, I'll say this really quick uh, about Linmar. They went unbeaten on Saturday, and that is is tough. That is so tough because one, when you're wrestling for seventh and eighth place, you know that that is is kind of a, a tough match to get out for, right? You're on the podium, um, but that's uh, you know you only get one match on Saturday. And it's tough to get out for the guys that are in the consolation semifinals. Both the uh, Park and uh, Nakaborn lost tough, uh, kind of heartbreaking semifinals. So you're this close, this close to the finals. And then now you're coming back. And, you know, sometimes that can be really, really tough to get back into it mentally. Um, you know, and you're, you're sore physically. And they ran the, they ran the table on Saturday. Uh, those two came back and uh, got third. Uh, really impressed with the way Linmar finished out. Um, I'm sure they're probably not necessarily thrilled with seventh. They expected maybe to be a little higher, but uh, still a really good showing. And like you said, uh, they've got a great core of kids uh, uh, coming back next year. You mentioned the the youth and the uh, you know the numbers um, at the lower levels that will be coming up. Uh, you know, here in the future. So Linmar's not going anywhere. Right. And I, gosh, I, I asked how many of those 70 plus kids were, were females. And I, I think it was around 13. Uh, I, I was told wow. exactly now I just forgot. So it was a good, a good, a uh, good uh, start there with the, with their real program. So. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch how all these programs really begin to blossom as far as uh, the girls teams growing as well um you know in class 2a uh you know what predictions always prove how much you don't know um but uh burlington notre dame i tell you what if you didn't think they would be in this position not necessarily saying that they would but they had the opportunity you're kind of fooling yourself and here they they come away with uh uh, you know, this was a team that you thought could be tough. We mentioned how they gave West Delaware all they wanted in the dual uh, uh, in the dual tournament, but uh, you know, credit Notre Dame. They have just taken care of business. Uh, they've really got uh, they put together a salty lineup, and they come away with a half point victory over Osage when it was all said and done uh, for the school's first title. Right, and they looked very good doing it, but. You know, their coaching staff, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, he was a Hall of Fame coach and then uh, assistant coach or associate coach. I don't know how they do it. But John Siegel, uh, also a Hall of Fame coach, and and uh, Siegel in the, the Iowa Hall of Fame and in the National Hall of Fame. And uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, when you've got good leadership like that and, and mentorship, then, boy, then you just get the athletes out and, and watch it go. And, and they've done a nice job. You know, I have to say, I'm not exactly sure what a Nike is, though. <laughs> That's, yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh, they they should try to capitalize on uh, some gear if they can after that title. Yeah, Nike will probably make them take it away or something. Who knows? Yeah, right. right. Uh, Clint has over four had over 400 wins before he got to 
to uh, Burlington Notre Dame. So you have to credit Matt Levins of the Burlington Hawkeye for this tidbit. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, I hope I have this right. Uh, he said that it took four years, Bill Pleen, when he was at Columbus, uh, Columbus Junction, it took him four years to win his first title at Columbus Junction. And of course, we know what he did there. Um, you know, he had such a great program there at Columbus. His fourth year at Burlington Notre Dame, he wins his first title. So don't think that's a coincidence. That's uh, that's somebody that uh, knows what he's doing. And, that's a Hall of Famer. Yep, exactly. And, and um, he was by his side, John Siegel. There, so, yep. yep, exactly. So they that's a great team, and uh, you're starting to see uh, uh, some success there. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll uh, kind of have a similar uh, uh, program success that they had. Uh, KJ, a question. I don't ever remember Burlington winning a state title in wrestling, let alone maybe other sports. I don't know. But, I mean, that has to be a first for that area. And Yeah. So definitely a first for Burlington Notre Dame. I haven't checked. I could I could look up uh, uh, Burlington as a whole, but I think you're right. I think uh, uh, as far as wrestling goes, that's uh, uh, that's got to be uh, a first. Yeah, maybe not even a trophy through the years. I don't remember. True. That's pretty impressive. Uh some uh, some individuals really kind of stood out uh, um, throughout the tournament, especially in our area. Um, Gabe Sanders at 152 won uh, Vinton Shellsburg's first state title. You know, uh, a big moment for that program. Um, the Vikings hadn't had a, a title. They had two finalists in, in Cooper, uh, Sanders at 45, and then Gabe Sanders. He came away with a 5-3 win over Garrett Seba of clearing Goldfield Dows uh, to finish 25-0. and 0. So uh, great feat there for, for Gabe Sanders to become the school's first champion. Um, Benton community, not too far away from uh, uh, the Vikings, from Benton Shellsburg, had a champ at 126 and Jaden Moore. Uh, he beat Matthew Beam of Glenwood five to four. He became the first uh, Benton Community State Champion since Terry Schmucker won uh, in 1984, 1985. So that ends uh, a really long drought uh, for them. You know, uh, and then at 195, Wyatt Volker uh, closes things out for for West Delaware. He gets a 19-7 major decision over Glenwood C.J. Carter uh, at 195. His win actually brought West Delaware uh, uh, up into third place. So um, West Delaware still, even though it wasn't a title trophy again, um, it was still uh, still ended the weekend with a team uh, trophy taken back to, to Manchester. So, uh Really good uh, uh, performances there. Uh, Gage Marty of Solon was second. Um, lost a, a tough one in the finals. Um, we mentioned Cooper Sanders uh, joined his brother in the final. Uh, Logan Arp of South Tama was a runner-up to Carter Fausick, who 
became uh, one of two four-timers. We mentioned Robert Avila being denied by Ryder Downey in 3A, but Carter Fausick of uh, Crestwood closed off his uh, career with his fourth title, winning the 138-pound championship, uh, and joined um, Marcel Lopez in 1A uh, from New London, who uh, who won the 126-pound title. Uh, the two, uh, I believe, become, uh, I think, the 30th and 31st uh, four-time champions in uh, Iowa history. Right. And you mentioned that, uh, you know, Benton Community and, and Vetton are close in the same county, right? Benton County? Yeah. So it must be a, a county of first. Obviously, Gabe, as you said, was their first state champion. But mm-hmm. but uh, Jade Moore was... was uh, Coach Jake Voss's first state champion. So kind of neat there that they both did first in their own schools. Yep. And uh, speaking of uh, Jake Voss, uh, he coached a champion and more at 126. Uh, Jeff Voss, uh, his father, his former coach at uh, West Delaware and Wyatt Volker's coach, uh, coached a state champion as well. And I'm trying to figure out, I know for one for sure, uh, the Dyers, uh, Bob Dyer from Glenwood, uh, Matt Dyer, who uh, wrestled at Glenwood and then ended up uh, uh, coaching at Underwood, they both coached state champions in the same year. Uh, it was Kirk Artist for uh, Glenwood in 2007, and then Cody Koenig of uh, Underwood that Matt coached uh, that same year. I thought maybe the Mashics had done it. Tom and Dan Mashik had done it. Um, actually, uh, the year that uh, Tom coached Joe Hans to a title at the Wise Muscatine, Don Bosco did not have uh, uh, a champion that year. I think they both had finalists. But uh, so, of course, the association doesn't have records of father son combos who co state titles in the same year. Um, you mentioned a, a couple names. Uh, maybe the Christiansons or, or maybe uh, the Pickfords. Um, there are quite a few out there, but on record, we know there's at least two, um, but definitely uh, uh, kind of a neat uh, special accomplishment for, for them. Right. And I, and I think the, the Christiansons are a better possibility because I think uh, Mike Pickford coached in Pekin, Illinois. So that, I was uh, uh, not on task there. But with Christensen's, you know, I go back to maybe when Moza Faye won his title up in Anamosa, and then check with see what how if Jason had a state champ that year as well. So, okay, um, you know that might be that's that's the best I can come up with off, off the top of my head. So sure, sure. Uh, in Class Two A, um, I'll I'll go first uh, as far as teams go. Um, you know, I I think. I think a couple really kind of stand out to me. Obviously, uh, Notre Dame, right, uh, coming through and, and winning the team title and beating Osage by uh, a half a point. Um, there, that's got to be number one. Uh, two, I got to go with Vint Shelsberg. Vint Shelsberg ended up finishing fifth. Uh, for the life of me, I can't remember the last time, if ever, Vint Shelsberg has been a top five team. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe in the seventies or something like that. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I tell you what, they were, uh, they were one forty-five pound title away from, uh, even climbing up to to fourth. Um, 
they they were only four points back of uh, Sergeant Bluff Luton. There, uh, you had the two finalists in the Sanders brothers. Uh, you had Brady Ortner that uh, uh, had a great tournament and got third, his third medal uh, of his career. Um, hats off to the Vikings and, and what they were able to accomplish. Right. So my choice, just going to echo exactly what you said, and then I'll add one other. That is, yeah, Notre Dame, we talked about them already. And then Vinton, absolutely. It's, that's my thoughts exactly. So I'm going to add this. I'm going to, I'm going to say the, 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 maybe a little bit, I don't know if there's much of a surprise, but I just thought Andy did a nice job in the state duels, not in the state. Now I'm kind of shifting on you, but, but oh, it's all right. all my right. other two, so I had to quickly come up with them. So I'm going to go Indy in the state duels. <laughs> that, and that's great. I, you know, the, the awesome thing about independence, especially this season, that I, I think maybe a lot of, a lot of people overlook the team aspect. They, they finished second in the state duels. They only had three qualifiers, and I don't think they had a place winner. Now, they had some bad luck. Isaiah Weber, their three-time finalist, uh, injured, I believe had a, a rib injury in the opening match, had to default out of the tournament. Um, so some bad luck there, or else they, they would probably have one or two guys on the, on the podium. But you talk about a total team effort. Uh, that's what you got out of Indy. Um, I, I, I don't know if I can ever think of a team that got second in state duels and didn't have anybody in the, on the award podium, uh, from the traditional. So that tells you, you had competitive guys at each weight and you had balance and depth and, uh, a sign of good coaching there from, uh, Michael Doyle, uh, uh, Keith Donnelly and the, the rest of the staff. So, uh, no, that's a, that's a great, uh, Great selection uh, and something to bring up. Uh, as far as uh, a, you know, kind of OW or, or you know, uh, most impressive wrestler or something like that uh, or champion uh, in two A, who do you lean toward? You know, I, I tried to, I mean, I tried to find someone that could rival Wyatt Volker. <laughs> And the best I could come up with was was uh, Nick Fox of Osage, but I got to go with Wyatt Volker. I mean, he was, he, he was so impressive. Two pins, technical ball, and a major in the finals, and and uh, wasn't close. So Volker gets my pick. Uh, Volker uh, for me as well. Um, the other one I'm going to mention too, and just kind of in a different just in a different way. Jace Hedeman of Union Community. He won at 106 pounds. The freshman went undefeated, uh, 46 and 0 this year. And the reason why is, I, you know, I just had flashbacks of Max Thompson with this kid, and it's it's probably no. Uh, I mean, there's a reason for it. Max Thompson is in his corner. Um, he's been working out with the program and helping uh, uh, at Union Community. And I tell you what. Uh, I, I think you've got uh, somebody that resembles uh, Max Thompson there. And we all know, you know, the career that Max put together um, at the high school level and, and even at UNI. Uh, I think this is somebody that uh, is going to be really, really special, are already kind of taking those first steps uh, to a special career. So uh, he was somebody after Volker. 
um, that uh, I was really impressed with uh, as well. Right, and in uh, that same way, you had Carter West, who from Burlington, Notre Dame, at finished second. He's this, a very low seed, ninth seed, I don't know, some beat number number one seed and number four seed. And, and uh, anyway, that was kind of an overachiever for me. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, let's move to 1A. Don Bosco uh, really just kind of took control from the get-go and, and never looked back. Uh, they won their fourth straight uh, traditional tournament title. Uh, they had 161 and a half points. Lisbon was second at 123. Still a good tournament from, from Lisbon. Um, you know, they had two champs and Brandon Paez at uh, 120. Um, then Kate Seabrecht won his second title uh, at 138. You had, and here's the thing that probably impresses me the most about uh, what Lisbon did, even though it still wasn't enough to really threaten um, Don Bosco. But Lisbon brought 10 wrestlers to the state tournament, and they put eight on the award stand. Uh, an 80% clip is pretty darn, pretty darn good as far as I'm concerned. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the notes kind of, kind of woven uh, through there. Uh, mentioned Brandon Paez. He was in his third final. One as a freshman, lost to Marcel Lopez, who, uh, you know, we said became a four-timer this year. Had lost to uh, Garrett Rinkin earlier and lost uh, handily, I might add, at the Tripola tournament final. Uh, and he came back and won 7-3, got two takedowns right out of the gate um, and was really impressive in a 7-3 victory. Uh, then at 126, Quincy Happel. He got fourth. Um, but his first, the first time that he made the award stand um, at the state tournament, you know, his brothers, Carter and Kale were four-time champs. Uh, Happel been there and hadn't even gotten a medal, and it was so cool to watch him win a uh, uh, quarterfinal match. He was met by his dad, dad Dean, um, afterwards when he uh, uh, secured that top six finish. He almost kind of exhaled on his way to the scores table to, to kind of sign the sign the bout sheet. Um, and uh, Dean patted him on the back while they were walking towards the tunnel and said, welcome to Saturday, Quincy. Um, that, was, that was a pretty neat uh, moment there. Yeah, that's a, probably a big relief for both of them. <laughs> uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, and then uh, at 132, got to give props to Tiernan Boots uh, there. Uh, he finished fifth at 132, kind of nestled right there amongst those uh, – uh, top ranked guys uh, in the lineup. Um, Got to make up for uh, an unfortunate omission from uh, Sunday's paper, but Tiernan Boots uh, won his final match, beat Elliot Cooney of Nottoway Valley 10 to 4. Uh, went 4 and 2 overall. His only losses were to Garrett Funk um, of Don Bosco and Brody Neighbor of Albernet. Uh, both of those two finished in the top three. 
uh, at 132. So good for him. Kate Seabreck, uh, you know, he won his second straight title uh, for them. Max Cole at 170 finished third. Uh, Damian Moore was eighth at 182 for Lisbon and Wyatt Smith in his first year in the varsity lineup uh, was sixth at heavyweight. So, you know, Lindmar, or Lisbon did as, about as much as he could. Maybe they could have uh, put a couple more in the finals or maybe won a couple titles, but I, I just it, it was all Don Bosco. Yeah, they couldn't have done enough to catch Don Bosco, and and they were heads and above uh, uh, third place with the team score, right? Wasn't yeah. it 90 or something? Somewhere around 90 was, was third? Yeah, so. Logan Magnolia was uh, third with 92, so it was a distant third, and Underwood the team I thought could make a run at the top two ended up finishing fourth at 90 and a half. So. Yeah. I mean, so Lisbon, I mean, it, 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 sometimes when you don't win it, that's probably the best way to not win it. <laughs> you're not, <laughs> but you don't have to like those other two races. You're so close. You're still tasting it. You know, you're on. Yeah. You know, right. Half a week later. And, but you know, Lisbon's probably home going, Hey, we got our second. <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, you know, we got, wasn't close, so that that can be an easier pill to swallow, I think, sometimes. Um, a couple of uh, other area performances. Um, Gabe Magoo of MFL Marmac, uh, he was a runner-up at uh, 152. He made the finals, uh, uh, dropped a tough one to Wyatt Reese. So, uh, Logan Magnolia, 3-1 to one in sudden victory. Um uh, you know, he was somebody, a uh, pretty emotional tournament. Uh, to make the finals, uh, uh, it was a big deal. Uh, he mentioned kind of the impact of uh, one of his former coaches, uh, Al Reichs, who had passed away of cancer uh, last spring, and they told him to go out and, and get it, um, you know, for his senior year. And he, he was close, uh, gave a great effort, him and his uh, black cowboy hat, um, that he wore out to the to the mats, uh, at least for the semis and the finals uh, that I noticed. Um, it was pretty cool. And, of course, he had a shirt as a tribute to uh, – black shirt uh, that was a tribute to Al Reichs um, as well that he wore. So uh, very, very good performance there for uh, uh, Gabe Magoo and uh, a runner-up finish at 152. And then – uh, one of the other area guys that uh, really kind of stood out, Caden Miller of Midland, just really quietly put together such an impressive uh, uh, year. He made it to the finals. Uh, he was looking to become Midland's first champ since like 1978. Um, first uh, finalist since Damon Houston a few years ago, though. Uh, but he lost by fall. The Carson Tenold of Don Bosco, Tenold twins going to uh, North Carolina to finish things off, and they both won titles at uh, 170 and, and 195. So uh, those area performances uh, really uh, kind of led the way. What, so, individ what individual kind of stood out to you? Uh, I was just going to say, to me, you know, Ma uh, Maximus Magana, I mean, yeah, I haven't got a chance to watch him wrestle a whole lot in his career, <laughs> which is, I, I'm not sure why, but uh, he, um, anyway, so he, he, 
there's a guy that was undefeated last year, state champ as a freshman, uh, won it this year and was 41 and three. And I'm thinking 41 and three. So I went back to look at his losses and here's his losses. He lost to Reineke from, from Dyke New Hartford up at 182. Hmm. He's a 160 pound champion, right? He wrestled yep. up 182 and lost four to three. Reineke finished third in state. He lost to Nachtemorn and then he lost to Riggins, both state champions, and, and knocked the board up at 170, and then, of course, Riggins at, at uh, 160. So, I mean, yeah. there's a guy that doesn't duck tough competition. Man, I'm, I'm going, holy cow. And he's, a, he's very good on top. He's a tough, top wrestler, and he won a, a, a tough battle. He won it on, on a escape takedown with, with also a right out um, in, in uh, I think, the third or whatever period he was on top. But I uh, won three to zero in, in the finals against Losey from Iceville. So that was one that stuck out for me. Yeah. Max has really been one of the top, uh, you know, just, probably just because of, of, you know, we just don't cross paths with uh, Waterloo Columbus very often and stuff. Um, but I tell you what, uh, he is, you mentioned the three individuals you lost to, two of those are some of the nation's best. Uh, when you look at Aiden Riggins and, and Tate Nakaborn, I right. mean, though, those guys are, are uh, nationally ranked upperclassmen. Um, Nakaborn going to Iowa State, Riggins going to Iowa. Um, Max is uh, on pace to, to be a four-timer here. Um, he's got number two under his belt. and um, Just a, a really impressive uh, competitor. So, yeah, that's uh, uh, that's really good. Um, that's a really good selection there as well. Uh, you know, got to tip my hat to, to Marcel Lopez winning his, his fourth. Um, you know, that's, uh, whatever you can accomplish that, uh, uh, that's great. Um, but I, I think the one that, uh, I, I think uh, I really have to tip the fedora to is Brandon Paez. Um, you know, lost to Lopez last year in the final. Um, Rankin beat him pretty soundly at Tripola. Um, and then to come back and, and avenge that loss, uh, kind of soothe the sting from last year and get his second title after uh, a year off the top step. Um, He's the one that uh, really kind of stands out for me as far as teams go. Um, KJ, I had one more, one more individual that stood oh, out. Oh, sure, yeah, go ahead. That bus at North North Butler Clarksville. Yeah, I know it's heavyweight. You either get a you know a one to nothing, two to one match, or a pin. Well, Butler found found his way to the top step with four pins and never went into the third period. So that was another one that stood out to me. Yeah, very dominant, and that's going to be a great. He, you, you think of some of the, the guys that uh, you and I is pulling in, uh, especially in the upper weights. When you look at Wyatt Volker and Chet Buss, uh, I tell you what, um, they have the makings uh, of a nice uh, uh, upper weight combo there to finish off uh, duels in the upper weights in the future. So, your team, what did you have for a team? You started that, sorry. Al oh, Albernet. Albernet was a team that uh, I was really impressed with 
they ended up with a top 10 finish. Uh, they brought five guys down. Four of them made the podium. You had Brody Neighbor, uh, who, who actually got fourth. It was Car Carson Klosterman at 145. Uh, they got third uh, to lead the way. Uh, you had, then Preston Klosterman was sixth. And Rowdy Neighbor at 106, a freshman, uh, was he. Uh, Gunnar Keeney, who's a, a quality kid as well. Um, they're all back. All five of them are back. I think uh, – you know, the way you kind of mentioned Linmar, I think Albernet's in the same boat where they've got some young talent that are coming up looking to join the, the program here the next year or two. Um, I think this uh, this result uh, is just kind of the start of things, kind of re, uh, resurrects it, resurrecting a little bit uh, at Albernet or, or kind of growing again. Um, and like I mentioned, they finished ninth. This is going to seem odd, too, but another team that caught my eye and kind of stood out just because of the circumstances kind of around the program was North Tama. North Tama uh, finished uh, 22nd overall uh, with 25 points, right? It doesn't sound like a big deal or anything. Uh, but consider the fact that this is their fourth year with their solo program. Before they had shared with Greg Gladbrook Rhinebeck for like 25 years. Um, and a lot of their previous place winners during that consolidation were from the Gladbrook Rhinebeck side. This year, uh, North Tama had three state qualifiers. They had two state medalists. And it's the first state medalist from North Tama and the Trayer side of things since Andrew Knack in. Uh, 2001, I think it was. So over 20 years, uh, that town, that program hadn't had uh, a medalist. In their fourth year of the program, Kanak took it over uh, four years ago. He used to wrestle at War. He was a two-time All-American at Warburg, I believe. Helped coach at uh, Cornell under Mike DeRoe. Uh, went back to his alma mater. Uh, offered to to take over the program, but kind of insist, hey, it needs to be our own. Um, and I think uh, they had to, to battle a little bit to get that okay. They ended the sharing agreement with Gladbrook Rhinebeck. They became North Tama uh, again. And here, just four years after that, uh, Treyer has a couple medalists um, and three qualifiers and two of them are back. So. Uh, I thought that I thought that was pretty cool and a nice accomplishment there for North Tama. So I'm going to have to share that story with my 95 year old father, who's soon to be 96, because he's a, a native of Trer. And really, it was not North Tama then; it was Trer when he went to school years and years ago. And mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so he'll be happy to hear that. That's a that's a neat story. Yeah, and and uh, Andrew, I'm not sure the name of the bar in downtown uh, Trer, you know, or Main Street Trayer, whatever it is. Um, but they apparently uh, got track wrestling, uh, full wrestling, and put the uh, the yeah. state tournament feeds up on the bar for people, uh, on the TV screens in the bar for the townspeople to come down and watch uh, the wrestlers if they weren't able to make it to the morning. So I thought that was awesome and just another sign of the community getting behind it. Right. 
I have no idea. <laughs> I used to drive through there on the way to you and I before 380 was built. So, sure. <laughs> anyway, but it, it, they have their outdoor spiral staircase, you know, the wind up and trail that led to their <laughs> Star Clipper. The Trail Star Clipper was their newspaper there, KJ. So really? There wow. wow. Little, little media history there. So, so, so cool. my overachieving team, I, I figured you were going to pick Albert so I was looking a different direction. Mm hmm. And so I went with Nashua Plainfield, who finished sixth, and they weren't even ranked in the top ten. So that was a nice, nice finish by by them. So oh sure, I tried to go and, and that's uh, that's one uh, you know you knew they had a couple good individuals, but not wasn't sure or didn't know if they'd have uh, you know quite the overall team to do something like that. So yeah, a good accomplishment for them. And I love watching Al Frost in the corner. Uh, he's, uh, he's somebody I get, I just, uh, even like his voice. He's a little bit of a, when he's, uh, barking out orders or, or something, he's kind of got that gravelly voice that I think, uh, <laughs> I think it's cool and uh, fun to hear. Any other, any other parting shots, uh, about state wrestling this week? Man, there's a lot of wrestling. It's so fun. And, and uh, it's like you're deflated now that it's over. And I know you, I'm going to say this, because I know what you have to go through and, and how much it, it's an entire, it's not just the, the, the Wednesday through Saturday, it's all the preparation prior to that that you have to go through and, and all of the advanced articles and, and, and afters. And, and, uh, and so, man, I appreciate you and, and all of the people in the media that, that cover Russell and, and do such a great job to help the sport. So thank you, KJ. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. But we have such a great staff. Uh, Rob Gray, who's our Ames correspondent and, and covers a lot of uh, Iowa State stuff for us. He came down and helped uh, each day. Um, our photographers, Jim Slazarek and, and Jeff Stelfox. I tell you what, they captured some great moments and uh, really got to give Hugh, a huge shout out to Nathan Ford, our producer Just for this you. podcast. Uh, he, he does so much for, uh, Gazette online and please, if, if you guys are, uh, haven't gone to the gazetteonline.com, go, uh, after you listen to this babble here, uh, go to the Gazette online and check out the stories and the different items and, and the photo galleries for sure. Um, about that. Nathan, uh, does so much. I'll tell you what. Uh, he, he was up all hours of the night. Uh, I finished Saturday night, probably about midnight. He offered to post my final two stories so I could leave. I got home about two 15. If not, I probably wouldn't have got home till three o'clock. And, uh, I tell you what he does yeoman's work and, uh, very appreciative of Nathan and the rest of the staff that, uh, does that. And, and thanks. Uh, it's a labor of love. And I tell you what, like you said, uh, kind of deflated afterwards when you realize oh season's season's done but luckily we still have college uh uh stuff to follow here the next few weeks right and i'll just echo nathan's a really cool dude too <laughs> and uh i, I save this for last just because i didn't want to get uh kind of choked up during the podcast um before uh the finals and before the first session, before the first session of each class, uh, they took a moment of silence. Mm -hmm. 
Connor, uh, our colleague, Wyatt Schultz, and uh, Mark Ryland, and uh, KJ. Very, it was very different not having Wyatt down there, but um, you know, it just kind of uh, joy seeing his poster still on your wall back there and him still being with us even though physically he's not with us and kj do you know is that is that a tribute posted online that folks could could go watch if they weren't in attendance you know what i'll have to check with uh, uh louis curtis um i'm not i'm not sure if it's actually posted online or not but on youtube or something okay yeah yeah we'll have to we'll have to see if we can't get our hands on it and uh get it for everybody to see but I, I thought it was very deserving um and before we, we close out uh i just want to say congratulations to hall of famers including uh a couple uh couple of competitors ryan morningstar kyle anson uh that went in jim miller um cole pape and then uh, jeff tampier uh kind of cool uh, uh uh, Pape and Tampier went in together, their uh, coach wrestler uh, relationship there at the Makokita. Um, so uh, good honors for them. And, you know. And what a good guy Coach Tampier is. Love competing with him. We went up there quite often to the Zimmerman Invitational. Right? Mm -hmm. And very, uh, like you said, very uh, a good coach and, and great person off the bat as well. Uh, you know, it's another great uh, tournament down in Des Moines. It's uh, it's the marquee event in all of prep sports in Iowa, as far as I'm concerned. And and I know a lot of people feel that way as well. And I know we've been talking for quite a long time, so we'll uh, close it up. It's been a, been a pleasure as always. And send us out. Let's keep wrestling on the move. Thanks for watching, everybody. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.